Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm your host, Talia, aka your dating app partner in crime. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. On Dating Intentionally, I'm helping you get to know yourself better so you can date in a way that truly aligns with your goals and values, and of course, have fun in the process. If you like the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review, rate it, subscribe it, share it, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm at dating.intentionally and would love to know how this podcast is helping you in your dating and relationship journey. So today we're going to talk about relationship habits, the good and the bad, the productive and the destructive, the ones that spark joy and the ones we need to let go of. First, I'm going to share a little backstory on this topic and why I'm so passionate about it. Then we'll get into my personal habits I'm trying to build and break as well as habits that the people in this community submitted. I was so impressed by these submissions and I can't wait to share them with you. I'm also going to talk about my experience in therapy, which has been my main way of figuring out which habits to develop and which to break. And at the end, I'll wrap it up with a listener question and a little pep talk. Ready to dive in? Let's do it. I started therapy shortly after moving in with my ex because I realized we were absolutely terrible at communicating. We had a few really bad patterns and habits to support them, and it was really tough for me to identify them without therapy. And I'll get into these more later, but it involved him stonewalling, his defensiveness and deflection and finger pointing and a lack of empathy. And on my part, it involved not voicing needs and basically believing in someone's potential and not seeing them for who they are and a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into. Therapy helped me see these patterns, and I learned a lot of different strategies that kind of sort of work to help in these situations, but I knew deep down that I really wanted to start over with someone else. I did what I could do to survive in that relationship, but now I have a chance to do it differently. When I started my dating journey, my number one priority was to change, change how I look for a partner, change how I show up in relationships. I was just so excited to have that opportunity. A fresh start can be daunting for sure, but I was too excited by the prospect of getting a chance to do it better and change my habits to notice how daunting it is to just rebuild a relationship. I don't think it's impossible to change your habits when you're in a relationship. It's awkward to work on changing a habit no matter what in no matter what area of your life, whether it's work, friendships, um, other areas of your life. It's just hard to develop habits. It's clunky. And it's even harder to develop new ones when your partner isn't really on board. I know for a fact that I did change some of my habits successfully in my last relationship, but it's, again, it's a two-way street. In my experience, you know, this other person didn't work as hard as me on communication on themselves or showing up for me in the way that I needed. And it was really tough. Of course, my ex did some work. There were just so, so, so many obstacles and he refused to go to therapy. So it was just very slow. I talked about this at length in my breakup episode, but ultimately I just didn't have it in me to keep trying with him. So yeah, this topic of growth and understanding old habits, trying actively to build new ones is really important to me. I think this is how we make the most of that time between relationships and between partners and dating and whatever you're doing. Again, even in friendships, like we have so many chances to make our relationships better, which ultimately contributes to a happier life. You know, like we want solid relationships. We want relationships that bring us joy and we get something out of, and we're also giving something to the other person. So that's why, again, this topic is just so, so near and dear to my heart. And I hope that this helps you. Finding someone to meet your needs is only half the battle. 
you know, it's on you to show up as a better partner after every relationship. You know, there's that saying you hear like kind of jokingly that you want to leave them better than you found them. Well, it goes both ways. You know, hopefully you have learned stuff. Hopefully you've learned positive stuff after each relationship, after it's over. Not just like, oh, I can't trust people or, oh, people always cheat on me or like these other kind of negative lessons, which I hope that you're not internalizing because again, not everyone's going to be like your bad ex, you know? And I have, I've learned this just by living that. People are different. Everyone's different. And that's a good thing. But again, this is what I love about dating. You have so many chances to keep doing it better and keep showing up differently, keep trying different things that work for you and make your relationships better. Before we dive into this list, I want to say that the work is never done. Don't let this episode overwhelm you. Listen for things that really hit home and zero in on what might be most important to you or on the lowest hanging fruit for you to work on right now. You can't do it all at once. And sometimes you'll make improvement to your relationship habits and then things will change and you'll slip back into your old habits you tried to break. This type of work is never linear. Embrace and expect imperfection and have grace with yourself and your partner. Cool? Deal? Let's shake on it, all right? So I want to start with the old habits that I wanted to break and then we'll do the list of your old habits that you want to break and then we'll do the positive ones. So ending on a happy note, yeah? So here are the habits that I want to break, that I'm working on breaking in my new relationship. The first one is overgiving and keeping score, which I think are hand in hand. So this is like when you go above and beyond for a partner and automatically expect them to reciprocate. It's kind of transactional. You know, it's kind of like I'm going to do this and that and that and they're going to notice and they're going to do it back to me. That's just not how it works. I know many people listening right now, like me, are givers, and it's okay to be a giver, but watch it if it turns into scorekeeping and going above and beyond, not because you're inspired to by the love you have for your partner, but because you want to get their intention and earn their love. I would say I very much have to like work on breaking this habit of being transactional, and breaking the habit just starts with awareness. Like, okay, am I doing this thing for my partner because I really want to, or am I hoping they'll notice something and like give, you know, do something back in return. Am I going above and beyond as a way to act out because I'm not getting what I need? Check in with yourself. And this all this can lead to a lot of resentment too, which we really don't want in relationships. If you're like if you are constantly giving, giving, giving and not receiving, and if you're keeping score, that is just a perfect recipe for resentment, which is in my opinion one of the hardest things to manage and get rid of. Overgiving can look up look like picking up a lot of chores. It can look like planning every single date. It also can look like never accepting help or at, or never asking for it because you don't want to inconvenience your partner. So let's stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that, or at least I'm working on it. Okay. The second one I think will hit home for a lot of you listening is withholding and not voicing your needs. How hard is it to voice your needs? And I don't know why it's so difficult. I don't think it's just difficult for uh, women. I think it's difficult for everyone, but maybe more for women in heterosexual relationships. Like we're brought up to kind of suppress our needs or like kind of dismiss them or or minimize them or we I don't know. It's it's screwed up. And I know for me, I'm always worried about bringing things up. I have a habit of trying to get over it or make excuses as to why some, my partner can't meet my needs. This is something I did with my ex a lot. I used to be like, oh, he's having a bad week. I shouldn't bring this relationship 
issue up right now. And I would just keep pushing it and pushing and pushing it until the point where I just didn't even know how to tell him what I needed. And that's also a part of it, right? Like if, even if you wanted to tell your partner what you need, could you? I think the other side of breaking this habit is actually doing the work to figure out what your non-negotiable needs are. What I like to remind myself of when I'm bringing needs to the surface in a relationship is that people can handle it. No, I'm not going to bring up a relationship issue if my partner is like mourning the very recent death of a family member or something like that. You don't but you don't have to wait for the quote unquote perfect time to bring something up. Um, they can handle it. And unspoken needs are poison in a relationship, in my opinion. You first have to identify them and then speak them. And we'll talk about that more later. And it's hard. I struggle with this too. It's really hard. It can be really scary to say what you need. And it feels like a big risk when when we think about it. It shouldn't feel that way, but it just does because there is a risk there, right? They might not be able to meet your need. They might be like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, they might not get it. It's it's scary. Um, and I and if that's you right now, I I know your struggle, but we got to try to break that habit because communicating needs is really the only way to get what we need in relationships. And that's just that's not just romantic relationships. That's all relationships. Okay, another the third one on this list is justifying their trauma. So I have a habit of. This kind of goes back to making excuses for people, like just saying the example, my ex went through a lot growing up and I used to just be like, well, that's how he is. He'll never change. And um, I just have to deal with this because he is avoidant and he was brought up this way. You know, and you can't expect someone to change. And I can easily slip into the habit of justifying unwelcome relationship behavior with whatever they dealt with in their past. But in reality, everyone needs to be held accountable for whatever they trauma or whatever they experienced in their childhood. Like, even though it's not our fault that these things happen to us, we still have to deal with it as adults. And that's just, that's life. I think, I don't know. You can let me know on, you know, you can DM me on this one and give me your take. But I really do think that like I had this, this bad habit of just kind of shrugging, throwing my hands up, be like, well, he'll never change because he was brought up this way. And, you know, he just didn't want to work on himself. And I really, would have preferred to have the habit of holding him accountable versus just chalking his behavior up to his upbringing and accepting it. Okay, here's another habit that I really will never do. Like I just need to break this immediately. And I haven't had the opportunity to really do this yet in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, family relationship or whatever. It's trying to work through stonewalling. (laughs) I had this habit of sitting and waiting it out. By the way, stonewalling is basically when someone kind of won't talk to you. It's different than the silent treatment. Stonewalling is like when someone can't express themselves. They can't say anything. There is just a block there. It's an emotional block. Silent treatment is like an intentional manipulative thing. Stonewalling, I don't think is manipulative. It's just like, it's one of those fight, flight, freeze, fawn responses. I think it's more of like a freeze response. Like you just can't say anything. You shut down and you just it's over. So I had this habit of literally like my ex would be, you know, stonewalling. He'd be closing down, shutting down. And I would just sit there. And I remember just like, we would have these conversations that were tough, emotional conversations. And I would ask him a question and I would literally wait like 10, maybe even 15 minutes for any, like, and he would just be sitting there in silence. And I would feel bored to be honest. I'm just like, 
God, like, is he ever going to say anything? No, not doing that anymore. If someone's starting to stonewall me, I think I can figure it out right away. And you could just be like, hey, let's pause here and let's pick it up tomorrow. I would have saved a lot of time. Um, Another really bad habit I want to break is using work as an excuse to not spend time together. So I'm a workaholic. I'm a type A person. I'm not like really proud about that, but you know, I am a business owner and I pretty much work every single day as a small business owner and entrepreneur. And I don't think, I mean that to me, it's neutral. I definitely have plenty of time for myself and for friends and like having a life, but I do work pretty much every day. And I think my ex and I kind of just used work to not spend time with each other. It was a horrible habit. He also was a freelancer and like worked for himself and we just would avoid each other with work. And I just, no, I reject this. So no. Another one similar, watching TV every night. This is more just, again, the kind of a habit that relates to the culture of the relationship I I don't want to have. I don't want to have a relationship where watching TV every night is the thing that we do. If that's what you and your partner do and you love it, all power to you. It's just not for me. I like to be out. I like to have new experiences. Of course, I like a couple nights watching TV. It's fine. But if it's every night, I will lose it. So I want to make sure in my next relationship that this is not a habit and it's something I will actively work to avoid, even if it means I plan every single day. I don't care. I am not sitting on the couch every night watching TV. It is just not the life I want to have. Wow, I got really passionate about that, <laughs> which is really odd. Again, I love watching TV, but it just ugh, it makes makes my skin crawl thinking about it. And I think maybe my you know this was a thing in my last relationship. It was you know watching TV and YouTube videos was the only thing that we did at a certain point, and it was part of the pandemic, but also not. You know, even when it was just, oof, oh, I hated it. Okay. And this is my last one on my list before I get into your habits that you want to break. And this one came up on your list as well, is telling friends and family when things were going wrong and never when things were going right in your relationship. Obviously, you want to keep your friends in the loop about what's going on in your life. But if you give too many details, and especially if you can give too many negative details, It can paint an inaccurate picture of your partner and your relationship. It affects their interactions. It affects the advice that they give you if you're looking for advice. You know, it it just it's just not a good situation, especially with a long-term partner, someone you're serious about. So if you choose to share stuff about your relationship, make sure it's a balance of good and bad things about it so that you can kind of keep that in check. I made the mistake of sharing, of relying heavily on my friends during tough times in my last relationship. And they pretty much all had a pretty bad taste in their mouths about him. Even though, again, I know I'm kind of really leaning into the negatives here. Like he obviously was a solid dude who loved me and, you know, did his best. So yeah, it's important to just have that balance. And I'm really actively making sure to not do this in my current relationship and in future relationships. If I have other relationships, like I don't want to only focus on negatives when talking about a partner, which is hard because your friends are part of your support system. So it can be really tricky to navigate, but having those boundaries is really important and ultimately, I think, better for all of your relationships. So something to keep in mind. I know this came up a lot. Okay, so here are a couple of your habits that you submitted to me on Instagram at dating.intentionally. We're going to go through these. Okay, one is getting jealous when they're with someone else, even if it's a coworker. I relate to this 
And I want to say jealousy is something you can totally work through. I used to have really bad friend jealousy in grade school and high school. And I remember actively trying to talk myself through this to ground myself in reality that people are going to have other friends. They're going to have lives outside of you. You're not the center of anyone's world. That would be weird if you were. And having your own life and friends helps a lot. And also, like, it's good if your partner has people in their life, in their life that aren't you. Like, you don't want to be, you can't be everything to someone, and you really don't want to be. It's good if they have people to hang out with. I think jealousy is one of those things that you can always dig deeper into and figure out what the real issue is. Like, if you feel jealous, it could be that you need, you do need to spend more time with them and you want to voice that need. And maybe there's something that they can do or you can actively communicate that will help address it and eliminate the jealousy um, other than just accepting the fact that people have lives that don't, you know, that you're not in the center of, which is, again, just that's realistic. That's life. Okay. So another one you submitted to me is assuming the worst. This came up so much. So you're not alone if you struggle with just constantly assuming the worst. One piece of advice that might help for this that I have applied in other areas of my life is if you let yourself assume the worst, let yourself also assume the best. Okay, things might not work out totally in your favor, but what if they do? What if it does work out? How great would that be? And I'm not trying to push toxic positivity here where we're ignoring doubts and fears, which are valid, but I think it can be a neutral mental exercise to balance yourself out. So if you always assume the worst, try to also assume the best and see what happens, see how you feel. Another piece of advice for this one is always focus on the facts. How do they show up? Are they consistent? Do they show that they want to spend time with you? Assumptions are toxic in relationships because you're our brains are just really good with coming up with stories to fill in the gaps. You know, an assumption is basically you're coming, you're imagining a piece of information where you are, you actually don't have any real information. You're kind of putting it there. You're creating a puzzle piece to complete the picture when you really don't know what that information is because you are assuming it. If you knew what it was, you didn't, you wouldn't have to assume it. Try not to create stories in your head. Focus on information you know is real information that has actually been communicated to you. No, people don't share every thought that crosses their mind, but filling in the gaps with your assumptions isn't going to help. The only thing that's going to help is communication. So ask them, just ask, try to balance it out with assuming the best. Okay. So the last one I want to break down for bad habits you want to break is forgetting to actually date once you're coupled up. So this came up a lot. It's like, comes back to, you know, you're in a relationship for a couple months or a couple years and life gets in the way and you forget to actually make time with each other. I really don't believe that if you're like, if you're working from home with your partner, which a lot of us did in the pandemic and I did too, that doesn't count as quality time. That is not carving out time for each other. I would say that to make a relationship work long-term, you do have to actively schedule time in the calendar and in your week for each other. And it can be really hard if you have opposite schedules and if you like have different sleep schedules, you know, like it can be hard, but you've got to try. Otherwise, how else are you going to connect with your partner? 
Okay, so honorable mention, I'm not going to break these ones down, but these also came up in habits that you are trying to break. Constantly checking on their social media likes. Oof, I've never dated with anyone with active social media, but I can imagine what that's like and how that's a bad habit. Needing constant contact, also a bad habit. Internal pressure and anxiety to fix their bad mood, which I totally get. It's basically when you feel like you're responsible for he- for like bringing them joy, even if they're having a work issue. And I get that. Like you want to see your partner happy, but you can't be the hero every time. Not making time for myself. It's a bad habit. Yep. You got to make time for yourself. Got to have your own life. You can't let your relationship swallow your life. And last but not least, being the fixer. Oof, this bad habit. Like getting into relationships where you feel like you got to fix them. No, we are done with that. A lot of work to do here. Once again, I want to remind you, try not to get overwhelmed. Pick one thing that really jumped out at you. Pick one thing that seems to be top of mind and try experiment with different ways to break the habit. It's going to feel awkward at first. It's going to be something you have to work hard like to remember to do because in relationships, like none of this is really tangible, right? It's all like talking and communication and showing up. It's not like you're working on your drawing skills or learning a language or an instrument like you are this involves other people and and an awareness so i think journaling writing and talking about this with your friends like these are ways that you can actively work on it so let's flip this around and talk about the habits that we do want to work on and develop or keep in relationships and i'm going to start with mine and then we'll go on to what you submitted So the first one, and this came up earlier, is voicing needs early and often. I want to make a habit of speaking up as things come up right away versus letting them sit and letting that resentment build up. I'm with someone right now who really cares. He wants to be a good partner to me, and I know that I'm not burdening him when I tell him what I need. I'm pretty much giving him a roadmap for us to have a better relationship. And I've learned to be open to the idea that someone can't meet all my needs perfectly 100% of the time, but working towards it or getting it right most of the time is good enough. Having needs doesn't make you needy. Having needs doesn't make you undesirable. The issue we run into is that we feel like when we ask for what we need, we make it too easy for our partner and it's not the same as them just doing it naturally, right? Like there's this fairy tale idea that you want your partner to just naturally Um, you know, do the dishes without you asking or naturally buy you flowers without you asking. In reality, that's not a thing. No one is inside your head. Some, yeah, some people might do some things naturally, but they're not ever going to do everything that you want them to do, except that you're going to have to ask. It's better to receive something you ask for than never receive it at all and just sit there quietly stewing and wondering why they haven't gotten you flowers ever when you've never even said anything about liking flowers or wanting flowers, just, you know, anything like that. So maybe the idea to build this habit is to start small, like asking for flowers or asking for smaller things that you need or making smaller requests. That's one way that I've been building this habit and building this muscle. You know, ask them to plan a date, ask them to do you a favor, ask them to try something in the bedroom that you are really into and you know, want to see if they're open to doing, you know, and trust me, a good partner is going to want to do those things. So, you know, these are some kind of low barrier to entry ways to build this muscle. It doesn't have to be like a big, important, like core need. 
which hopefully you will learn about yourself. Hopefully you know what those needs are. It's going to be really hard for you to voice your needs if you don't know what they are. So again, first step, know what your needs are. The non-negotiable ones, not the not the nice to haves, the ones that you need to have in a relationship in order to be happy and thrive in that relationship. Okay, number two habits I'm trying to build is asking more questions, especially in the face of conflict and also not in the face of conflict, just asking more questions. I think curiosity is an amazing habit to develop in all areas of life. It's the opposite of judgment and assumption. And I want to make the habit of asking my partner, what does that mean to you when they're asking me for something or making a request so I can have a deeper understanding of where they're really coming from and not make assumptions, not judge them, and not just be like, well, I don't get it and just not meet their need. If you don't get it, ask questions so that you can get a better picture. I also want to ask questions in a heated emotional discussion or fight before I just blurt something out. I think seeing what the question is first might be a little bit better. I'm not talking about questions that might make your partner think that you don't believe them. I mean questions that are going to help you understand things on a deeper level. So this isn't about being skeptical or like trying to make your partner not like feel like they're not like you don't believe them and you're trying to make them prove something. This is more just like you want to know the the core reason why they feel what they feel, why they want what they want and what it means. I think also asking more questions can mean asking yourself more questions. Why did this make me feel this way? Why do I feel this way right now? What do I need right now? What am I getting right now that I like? Ask yourself questions constantly. It's a way to get more information about what's working and what's not and what you can do about it. I also hope that my habit of asking questions can rub off on my partner because I think having a culture of asking questions in a relationship is really healthy and productive. This also includes asking how we can support each other. This isn't just when you're having a conflict. It's also just like when you're having a week, right? Or just it's times in times of stress that are not related to the relationship at all. How can I support you, right? That's a really great question to ask. Also, you know, when your partner is bringing up an issue, uh, especially with something that isn't related to you or the relationship, sometimes it's good to be like, hey, do you need advice right now or do you just want to vent? That's a great question. Ask it to your friends. Ask it to your family. When they're coming to you with a stressful situation, just be like, hey, do you need to vent or are you looking for advice? Oh my God, what a game changer of a question. Okay, the third one, habit I'm trying to build is taking breaks when fighting. And this is a habit I wish I had with my ex, like I said earlier, when he would be stonewalling me, which again was not something he was doing on purpose. It was just all he knew to cope in these situations. I wish we could, I just would have been like, hey, let's take a break here. If you're in a fight or discussion and anxiety takes over or one of the fight or flight responses takes over, that's okay. It's going to happen, but take that as a sign, take a break. You know, you might feel flooded. You might feel like it's hard to express yourself. Just take a break. I believe in going to bed mad and waking up with a clearer mind. You can be in a fight and still act warmly towards your partner. You can still treat them with respect. You know, you can kind of put the fight aside and carry on with your day because you're you are on the same team. You're not trying to make each other's lives harder. You know, learn to table something for a little while and pick it back up when you're calmer and after having time to think about it and collect your thoughts. It would have just saved me so much time if I had this habit, honestly. I'm excited to build this habit. I haven't had as many chances. You know, I'm in a new relationship. There hasn't been a fight yet, so (laughs) I haven't had to use it, but I'm excited too, which is, again, a weird thing for me to say, but I hope you know what I mean. 
Okay, number four on this list of habits I'm trying to build is regular check-ins. And also just in general, I want to ha- I want the habit of structure in a relationship. I want check-ins on the calendar. I want time on the calendar to plan like the next vacation. I want time on the calendar for dreaming together. I want date night carved out. Like that's like my ideal situation in a relationship. I know it's kind of like a t- I think it's a kind of a tall order. If you- I don't know. It's a little maybe inorganic. I don't know. But I just love that idea of carving out and putting things on the calendar of like on this day, we're going to go to this restaurant and we're going to talk about our next vacation and just kind of brainstorm together. Like how fun would that be? I'm a type A person. I embrace spontaneity, but I know that you can't just wait for certain things to happen. You really have to make time for it and prioritize it. For check-ins specifically, like relationship check-ins, there's something really comforting about showing up to a time and place knowing, like having the mindset that you're going to talk about the relationship and just being mentally prepared for that. You might not have anything to talk about in your check-in, but you also don't have to only talk about negative things. You could talk about positive things too and just things that you're excited for. For me, when I already know one of my challenges is knowing when to bring things up. If I have something on the calendar, oh, that what a relief that would be. So that's a habit I would love to build in my current relationship. Okay, the last one on my list is prioritizing repair attempts. So a repair attempt is basically... What you do after a fight, it's like a moment or of connection or a reminder that there's still love even after a rupture in your relationship. It's a really, really, really important thing to do after a disconnection with your partner or rupture, which is like a little fight or, or a bigger fight, to reestablish connection, affection, trust, and all those positive things that are the glue of your relationship. I have the experience like in my past relationship that not making regular repair attempts after fights and discussions and ruptures can erode the relationship and really wear it down. You you need to refill the love tank after it drains a little bit from a fight. You need to reestablish that trust and equilibrium. It could be a hug. It could be um, going on a date, a small token or gift, You know, just doing a chore for your partner without them asking, just something to show like, hey, I still love you, even though we had this fight. I can't express enough how important this habit is to build. And even in, again, this applies to friendships too. This applies to other relationships too. Like you need, it's more than just saying sorry. Also, it's like, it's saying you're sorry, apologizing for whatever you need to apologize for and acknowledging the work that your partner is putting into that connect, you know, into that situation. And then also doing something affectionate to show love, appreciation or whatever it is. And, and then you can kind of repair that fight. So, so important. Okay. So let's talk about the habits that you told me that you want to build. Number one was voicing appreciation. Super important. I know I already have this habit. Like it is this habit. Like I don't even know when I got it, but I just have always been someone where I appreciate the crap out of everyone And I'm constantly saying thank you and actively showing appreciation, but I know that it's hard for some people. I don't even think my current partner is used to that yet, but he'll get used to it. (laughs) Showing appreciation to someone, even if it's something like really mundane, uh, it makes them feel seen. It's also positive reinforcement. Like you can use appreciation to communicate when your partner does something you really like and you want them to keep doing it. 
And even when they don't get it totally right or you can see that they're trying, show that appreciation. It's a very small, easy thing to do that I think is necessary in healthy relationships. Um, Another one that I thought was really interesting that came up for habits that you want to build is intentionally using their love language, even if it feels contrived. So this is when this is referring to the five love languages, which are um, words of affirmation, gift giving, acts of service, quality time, and physical touch. So those are the five main love languages based on a book. It's a pretty good book. I'm sure that there are like other love languages, but whatever. So basically this would mean knowing your partner's love language and maybe yours isn't the same, but you're going to do something that aligns with their love language to show them affection, even though it doesn't feel natural to you. So my last relationship, I, you know, I'm a words of affirmation person and my ex wasn't, and he really could not grasp the idea of words of affirmation. He just did not get it. And ultimately he did find really cute ways to uh, verbally express affection to me, but it happened like it took years for him to kind of figure it out. And what he did was actually really cute. He gave me a Chrome uh, extension like on my browser that was like a virtual jar of love notes. And he kind of filled them up with like a hundred notes that he wrote. And I would just like click on this button and like get a little love note from him. And that was a really cute way. I'm very, again, he was a developer, so he probably built this thing in like an hour, but like that was a really cute way for him to show me words of affirmation, even though for him that was not natural. So like, again, that was a very elaborate example, but it's important to do this. On the receiving end, it's really nice. And I think it's almost better when you know your partner is doing something out of their comfort zone for you. It's kind of nice. Like, wow, they're really going above and beyond because you know it's not natural for them. And the third one that you brought up on this list of habits you want to build is being present and not always thinking about the future. Wow, I relate to this so hard. It's so hard to like, especially in a new relationship where just every, like you have the whole relationship ahead of you and you're just so excited to get to all those milestones. You know, I like to remind myself that the present is just as exciting as the future. The present is what makes the future. You know, you can ground yourself in your surroundings use your senses to bring yourself back to the present moment, right? Like what you see, hear, smell, taste, touch, all that. Your partner will also really appreciate your presence if they're being present too. I think you can really tell when people are mentally present with you. It is hard though. This is something that does take mental awareness and practice so that when you are off in dreamland and you're on your second date and thinking about your wedding, you know, be aware of this and bring it back to reality. You know, I love that one. Okay. A couple other ones on your list, being on the same team when communicating, never forget that you and your partner are allies. You're on the same team. You want each other to have health and happiness and all that good stuff. You're on the same team. Weekly date night, make it a habit, carve out time for it, make it important. It is important actively maintain independence. So this is the other side of like spending time together. This means building the habit of having your own life. This might mean setting a boundary with your partner. This might mean saying that you need some time during the week for yourself. And it does make you a happier, better partner when you have your own life and things to talk about that have nothing to do with your relationship. Um, This one I just loved. I thought it was cute. Make a cheat sheet for what to do when my partner is angry. I could just imagine this person having the habit of like writing down like this. My partner really loved when I 
uh, gave him a hug after he said why he was angry. <laughs> like, I don't know, just something like you're taking notes. And the last one that came up a lot for habits you want to build is self-awareness. Yeah, this is, I think, a lifelong habit to develop for everything is just self-awareness, knowing yourself, knowing your own faults and flaws, which we all have, and what you can do to show up as your best self. Again, I want to remind you to pick one you want to start with. Pick one, you maybe one that you want to break or one that you want to build. If you're not dating anyone, you can always work through these habits with friends and family. A lot of these habits that we talked about, the ones that are the ones that we want to let go and the ones we want to build, those apply to different kinds of relationships too, not just romantic relationships. And if you're just starting to date, you can be open about what you're working on. Self-awareness is sexy. Be open with your partner and don't worry about scaring them away. After all, you're working on it, right? I remember telling my current partner about breaking patterns within the first month of dating and he seemed pretty on board with this idea. And we've had a few great meaningful conversations about wanting to do things differently. And I'm so glad that I communicated that to him early on. So give it a shot. It's worth it. Okay, so I want to share a quick note on therapy. Talking out my relationship problems with a therapist has been a fast track to identifying habits that support both negative and positive patterns and cycles. It's really great to have a third-party perspective on what's going on in my relationships, and I'm endlessly grateful for my therapist who really pushes me to be aware of these relationship habits, and she gives me tools to work on them. And I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know I'm coming to this conversation about habits with years of therapy under my belt. I have the tools, thanks to the the experience I've had, to work on a lot of this. And I can understand how it might feel overwhelming to folks who haven't worked with a therapist or even thought about any of these things ever. So just meet yourself where you're at and do one thing at a time. And it's okay if it feels weird and clunky. You're doing great. So I want to wrap up with a question from a survey that I did a a month before I started the podcast. And this question goes like this. How would you bring up tough topics with your partner? Think like trying to express wants and needs to a partner and or hearing theirs in return. These types of conversations can be tricky in my past experience because some people get defensive when talking about these types of things. So the question is, how do you bring up tough topics with your partner? I really relate to this question. And again, I think it's just, it's so hard to do this. It's, I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to feel easy. That's the mentality to have around this. I think it's like, don't expect it to feel easy to voice your needs to your partner or even hear their needs. It's something that might always feel a little hard and that's okay. I think, and maybe over time it won't be as hard with that, but you need to start somewhere to build that trust with that person. And so in the beginning, it's just going to be hard because yeah, you don't know how they're going to react and all you can do is your part to bring it up. So, and there are probably a lot of ways to do this. I know there's a lot of advice out there, but here's my approach. One, tell your partner that you have something you want to talk about that's been on your mind. You know, check if they have the mental space for that convo. And if they say they don't, insist on a time to discuss it, like insist on setting a time because you don't want them to just like be like, I don't have time for this. I don't have the mental capacity or emotional capacity for this right now. And then never come back to it. And of course you have to be the one to come back to it, but like make sure that there will be time for you to address it. Another thing to do, write it down. 
journal about what's going on and write down generally what you've been feeling. This always helps me gather my thoughts and crystallize the message so it doesn't get too jumbled up in the delivery, which it always will, right? But writing it down helps. Then when you're telling them what you need, tell them why it is so meaningful to you. I think that's the most important part because sometimes our your partner might not connect with your need. They might not get it, but they will connect with the idea that something means a lot to you. And therefore it's important for them to be aware of and pay attention to. The whole reason you're bringing this up is because you want to make the relationship stronger and that affects both of your happiness and mood and state of mind. So that's the framing. I think if your partner is like, I don't get it because trust me, I've been there. I would encourage them to ask you questions instead of just trying to solve it. Make sure that you really get into the nitty gritty about the emotions to the best of your ability before you get to any solution talk about how to address your need. First, like talk about why why it's going on, what's where it comes from, why it's important to you, all that really important stuff. Then figure out steps to take to adjust. And then after the talk is over, even if it doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go, but they're still trying, thank them for showing up. Thank them for talking. That You need that positive reinforcement. So again, if, if they're trying and even if it's not perfect, acknowledge their effort. I hope that helps. Developing habits, breaking habits is really hard, but it's doable. And again, it's a lifelong journey. You can pick it up and put it down whenever you want. And it actually can be fun. I mean, I guess if you're a self-improvement nerd like me, it can be fun when, if you give yourself permission to not be perfect, right? It's, it's going to be messy. And once you embrace that, it's a lot more fun. Maybe you're not ready to do the work to change your habits or develop them. But one thing you can do today is, is examine the ones you have and think about why you form these habits in the first place, the good ones and the bad ones. I believe in your ability to have that self-awareness without judging yourself. You are doing great, and I appreciate you for being here. Once again, I'm Talia. This has been Dating Intentionally. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. So I appreciate when you talk to me and DM me and tell me what you think. I'll catch you next time, and have a good one. Bye.